0: Hello and welcome to Emerge Evolve Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24 and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem and I'll be your host. Hello and welcome back. My guest on the podcast today is Sabrina Victoria. She's been sober for 16 years now and is going to share her story of transformation from a struggling single mom escaping a long-term abusive and narcissistic relationship to now helping other people discover their own immense potential. She's the CEO of Human Better 365, which is a human transformation company. I love that. So I'll let her tell you more about it. Welcome to the podcast, Sabrina. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me.
0: Good, good. So before we jump into your story, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you live, what your family situation's like now, and, and what you do for a living?
1: Um, So I live in the sunny state of South Florida.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I have an 18 year old son, and I have a fiance who has a 16 year old son and a 14 year old daughter. And we love it down here. I always say that I wouldn't, I don't care what I'm doing for an occupation, I would, I would do anything to stay down here in Florida. I absolutely love it. Uh, but I started a company about, started it about 10 years ago, very slow start because of circumstances that I was in, but um, it's changed names three times, but the name of it over the course of the last five years is Human Better 365. And like you said, it's a human transformation company. Basically, I dive into all the things that they don't teach you in school or in church.
0: Oh man, that's awesome. There is so much that they don't teach you in school, like so much. But anyways, yeah, yeah, that's, so that's fantastic. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but first I want to hear your story of transformation. So, so what happened? Like it doesn't, it doesn't sound like you grew up in Florida. Did you grow up in Florida? No. Okay. So you, you, you transferred to Florida, but so what was, what was it like growing up and, and how did you end up in this abusive relationship and what happened?
1: So, uh, born and raised in Illinois suburbs of Chicago. Okay. And I was actually raised as a Jehovah's witness, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a religion.
0: I'm a little bit familiar Yeah, All I really know about them is they don't celebrate holidays.
1: Yes. It's okay. fairly strict. It's a fairly strict religion and everything was fine until I became boy crazy mm-hmm. and which happened right around 15, 16 years old long story short, ended up pregnant at 20 with no husband. And within that religion, it's very
0: taboo. Taboo. Yeah, you don't do
1: that. So I was completely disassociated from my entire family and my entire church community, everything that I knew because Jehovah's Witnesses are only allowed to hang out with other Jehovah's Witnesses. It's very judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm left with no family, no community, and just baby daddy. While I'm trying to get back into the religion, they sit down with me and they say, hey, listen, good for you for trying to get back with God, but you can't still be living in sin. So you have to either marry this man or break up with this man. And I was in such a desperate state of unworthiness and dirtiness and sinfulness that I was just grasping for God, for my family, for my community back. And it was either all of them or one person. So I chose all of them and I broke up with him and just being totally naive to the situation. He left, he just ran away and left, which I didn't even think would be an option. And now I'm left with no daddy, no community, no family and no money. Yikes. So I'm living paycheck to paycheck, wanting to commit suicide. I have a little baby. I'm like cars getting repoed out of the parking lot, apartments, getting eviction notices on the door every other month. I mean, it was a mess. No life skills.
0: Yeah. That's really, oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. You're
1: basically a child at 20. Yeah. You don't think at 20 you're a child, but you're totally a child. I had no clue. And my parents were basically like, if you want to do big girl things, which I guess big people only do only have sex, you know, like at 20, I guess you're not supposed to be having sex yet, according to them. So I, um, I, th- that was my situation I ran. And then I wound up meeting within a, a year or two, a man who was financially stable. And I thought that that was going to be the answer to all my problems. I'm like, if I just had money, I would have no problems. Like yeah, what else is too. there? There's right. nothing else. So I fall into the arms of this man very quickly. I uh, read flags everywhere, everywhere you could turn. People ask me all the time, when did you find out day one, literally oh. the day I met him, there was flags, but I was just so desperate. Mm. So within a very short amount of time, he invited me to live with him and get rid of my place. Um, He invited me to quit my job and work at his job, his company. He invited me to get rid of my phone plan and go with his phone plan. And every time this is happening, he's manipulating it into, I'm helping you. Mm -hmm. You won't have to pay rent. You can just do this. All you have to do is just clean my house and you can live for free. You know, all you have to do is just, you know, you don't have to work for that nasty boss anymore. We can build an empire together and I'll retire you within the next 10 years if we work really hard. And I totally fell for it because I'm a child. And, um, that's when our you know, the story here with what you and I are talking about kind of happened is, uh, alcohol.
0: Mm, Okay. Was he a lot older than you?
1: Yeah. 11 years.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So it feels like, okay, I have a sugar daddy now, right. Who's going to take care of me and I'm going to take care of him and I'm going to have all my needs provided for and then suddenly you realize when did you realize i am not happy here he started taking advantage of you right away
1: right away but in my desperation of just trying to be loved by anybody oh, okay um i i was he was using alcohol and i was using alcohol in the beginning To numb myself, of course, my physical body in order to woo him as a woman sexually. And I can like say that now Mm -hmm. that was happening.
0: It's a hard thing.
1: Yeah. But what happened was that continued at a level that just was not healthy.
0: So he had probably needs that were unhealthy and continued to use you. In that way, sexually, I'm taking, I'm taking that, yeah. And at this point, you have like a three and four, four, four four-year-old son. Two, three, yeah, yeah. In the beginning, yeah. And he married you. You married him. Never never... married him. We were were...
1: engaged for a very long time, but I knew he was awful. So I drug it out for as long as possible while creating an escape plan to leave. It took me years because he made sure I had no money all the time. So I had to open up a secret bank account that he didn't know about. I had to have secret online businesses that he didn't know about. And it took me four years.
0: Wow. So you really used your mind and mental capacity to create a, a side gig, a job that he didn't even know about?
1: No, I, um, it was, what was, it? It, was e- it was easy. There was three, it was eBay,
0: okay. um,
1: offer up and fiverr.com, which is a freelance company. Yeah. Uh, at some point during our relationship, after getting sober, um, I fell into working out like a card. I used to call myself a cardio addict.
0: Okay. Um, I went from yeah. like a
1: size 10 to a size two. I basically switched addictions, hardcore. And I dropped down to a size two and everyone started complimenting me on my body. So I rode off of the accolades of that. And I started a YouTube channel quietly. He didn't know about it, but I would just film it on my computer, like little videos and working out when he just like, wasn't at the office or wasn't home or wherever I was. And so I used my ability to be able to make videos, to make videos for marketing companies on fiverr.com
0: wow, that's really cool. Good for you, your little entrepreneurial self. And so you, so you switched addictions, which sounds like a whole hell of a lot healthier addiction from drinking all the time. What did he notice that change? Like suddenly you weren't drinking with him anymore. And you probably weren't able to quote, perform sexually in the same way either. What happened? I love,
1: I love that you're saying this because this is such a difficult pivot to recognize because i definitively really remember the day it was a saturday i don't know the date so whenever someone asks me if i'm you know how long i've been sober i'm always like i don't know like it doesn't matter it really doesn't even matter (laughs) so in the AA community, it kind of does that. Well, in the 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 beginning, it definitely
0: does. I have 37 years. I know my exact date because I got sober in AA, but if you didn't have that community, it just doesn't matter. what matters is you got yourself back, at least some semblance of yourself because that just eats away at us until we're dead or incarcerated or just nothing. So anyways, go back to you. So, so So
1: it was a Saturday And what would happen is every day I would go to his house and he would offer me a big gulp, like an actual big gulp, like a not pretty glass, big gulp glass of rum and Coke. Oh my. Almost more than half rum, Coke and ice. And I would drink two, maybe even three of those. I I was just
0: constantly drugged. Constantly yeah. wasted. Yeah. And
1: wow. half because of myself and half because of him. But then it g- came to a point where like, I don't want to say he was, he wasn't like making me drink it, but my codependency, my what it's like, someone pours you a drink, you drink the drink. You, I don't want to waste the liquor.
0: Of course. You
1: know, I'm, I'm, I'm like a good person. So like yep. all these things of like, Oh, I don't really want to drink one. I don't really want to drink another But then the thought of like, oh, I don't want to make him mad. He's angry. He's had temper crazy. I eventually noticed. So anyways, one Saturday I come in, he offers me the big gulp drink as same as always. And I just said, no,
0: you declined. And
1: he actually didn't say anything. He was totally fine with it. But what happened was within a day or two, he's expecting the same sexual performance that I had been putting on all this time for over a year, two years at this point. And I was sober now. So I didn't feel comfortable doing any of that stuff. Right. So then he caused guilt trips, manipulation, and basically was like, you're a liar.
0: He shamed you're, you. you're
1: a manipulator, and yeah. you coerced me into thinking that you were this sexual lioness, and you're not.
0: So, he that's basically isn't that the basic sort of definition of a narcissist is they a victimizer and then they act like the victim? Yeah, is that kind of what that's like? Because yeah. I, yeah, okay,
1: it was insane. So, I basically was forced to perform, I don't want to say forced. But like manipulated of, or guilty. Yes. yeah. So at this point, we're a year or two in, I'm now living with him already. My baby's upstairs, like what what am I gonna do if this man gets super mad at me and just kicks out? I literally have, I can't go anywhere. I have no place to go.
0: But in the meantime, there's there's this lying going on. You have the secret life of you're building a little side bank account and you're trying to figure out how to provide for your child, but you couldn't at that point be separated because of all that he had supplied you with. Okay, so it's a stuck situation.
1: I was actually with this guy for 13 years. Oh my
0: goodness.
1: Yeah, so the escape plan didn't come until year eight. I didn't even know I was being abused.
0: I see what you mean. I was
1: so blind, Blind. I had no clue. I remember the, the, the craziest thing looking back now is me asking people, is this normal? Like, I'd be like, he's trying to like force drinks on me all the time. Is that normal? Like, I had no clue, right? What a healthy relationship. Like, he calls me these names and, and accuses me of this. Is that normal? Like, he accused me of cheating every a couple times a month. Is that normal? I had no clue. So it wasn't until yeah, eight years in. But what happened is, um, you know, when I stopped drinking, the Cravings, the feelings of like wanting to numb myself to like go someplace else, the feelings of wanting to like sit in my pity or my shame or my victimhood or whatever you want to call that at the time were huge. Yeah. So I had to stay sober. One, first of all, for like my body to not get beat up, bruised, bleeding every single morning. And then two, My baby is having to like be around a mother who's dealing with hangovers like all the time. Yeah. So I had to make a decision as a mother. I had to make a decision as a mother. And so I switched addictions and I went hardcore into health and fitness. And like I said, I went from a size like 10, 12 to a size two and just was a fiend, absolute fiend. Uh, so much so within a year or two, maybe three, um, started an eating disorder, bulimia. Okay.
0: Wow. So that's switching another into another negative addiction. Yeah. It was bad. Wow. So what happened next? How long did that last? And when did you become aware that this just wasn't okay for you anymore?
1: So everything came to a halt eight years in. Uh, We got in a huge argument as we did all the time. Every single day was a huge argument. But on this day, I don't know what day it was, but I remember vividly, I was in the bathroom, which was on the bathroom, in the bathroom all the time, on the floor, in the dark, crying, literally like in a ball, on the floor, in the dark, crying in the bathroom, which happened all the time. But this day I decided to like take action. And I pulled out my phone, and I Googled, Google saved my life. I Googled, why is my boyfriend bullying me? Cause we were not engaged at that point, or maybe we were, I don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, why is my boyfriend bullying me? And the entire world of narcissism, abuse, manipulation, gaslighting, empathy, codependency, which is huge in the AA rooms. Uh, this is why I was so not only did I recognize that my, my partner was completely off the rails. I was also dealing with like my own crap. So many things was were wrong with me. So instead of me putting so much effort, over, like I did over the last eight years of like trying to be better, trying to do better, trying to like meet all of his expectations, trying to make the relationship, trying to change him. I started to look inward.
0: Wow. that's And
1: nice. I started to work on myself
0: a huge amount of information. You asked, you Googled and you yeah. received like, whoa, all yeah. this, like, wow. So your mind yeah. was blown and you yeah. realized, okay, this is not normal. This is yeah. not okay. And here's what I need to do. And you started taking steps towards that. Wow. Yeah. So what happened? Like, did you give up, uh, purging at that point? Yes. Okay. All right. Good. And then you started on this path, really the path in recovery to start taking steps to help yourself. And you were still in that relationship another, what, four or five years. years. Okay. Yep. Yep. So what happened? How did you stay? How did, what, what was the reason for your success?
1: It was so hard. I don't even, yeah, I just wrote a, a blog post on this recently. And the first three or four sentences with something to the effect of, my son had just turned 18. So it happened in March, actually. I wrote this blog post and the first few sentences was something to the effect of, I can't even believe that we're still alive. Like there were so many moments, hundreds, hundreds of moments where suicide was like a real option. Oh my because gosh. Because I had no way of numbing myself. Like right. I literally, Would think to like, I'd be driving over a bridge with my child sometimes, just being completely transparent with you guys. Yeah. And I I literally would think to myself, all I have to do is just turn my wheel, like just a little, and we can just fly off the bridge. And then all of this just insanity in my head and my life and my relationships will just go away. Go away. Because I was just so tired all the time, all the time. And I, And I was craving an outlet, wanted an outlet, didn't know a healthy outlet because even with working out, I was doing it to the point of like dying. I used to even say that. I I used to even brag about it. Like, it's not a workout unless I'm literally dead at the end of it.
0: Like, part of you is punishing yourself. Yeah. Right.
1: That's what it was.
0: And I just want you to know that many of us have had those thoughts. About driving off the bridge, or driving into that tree, or driving onto the other side, and that into the Mack truck that's coming. I mean, yeah, it's um, it's that quick way out. It just feels like the pain you can't handle the pain anymore. But you kept putting one foot in front of the other because you had a son. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You did it for him. So I opened up. I I dove headfirst into every book I could find on finances, personal power, growth, confidence. Which is Everywhere I everywhere I was lacking. And found a voice and opened up a secret bank account and opened up three secret online businesses on eBay offer up, Fiverr.com, like I said.
0: And so and how old are just, you at this point? Like 30, ooh,
1: 35? Probably 30.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah
1: somewhere around there. And yeah, so it took me a long time. There's a whole story with that. I lost the money two times which is just insane What? but over the the money i was saving
0: oh because of bad investments um
1: no why yeah so so the first time it took me a year i collected six thousand dollars secretly now you have to remember
0: oh that's amazing me poor yeah
1: yeah he purposely kept me poor i was getting paid to work odd hours at his company, like 14, 16 hour days at this point in our relationship, eight years in we're hitting million dollar marks. Like we are when I met him. Yeah. When I met him, he was probably making two to 300 a year, eight years in, because I'm a visionary. I'm just business oriented. It's just how my mind works. So we, he went from working in his loft in his townhouse to three off, um, three comp working with three companies in Illinois, two companies in Ohio, two companies in Pittsburgh and four companies or so down here in Florida after he brought me on.
0: That's a workaholic too.
1: Yeah. Good point. Good (laughs) point. I still have that problem. So I, um, so I wasn't supposed to have any money. So I decided, so I had $6,000. I saved $6,000. And there was a point in our relationship where he was coming up behind me. I had my, my, my bank account open in front of me. And there was something inside of me that like wanted to brag because my, he was always telling me I was stupid. I was dumb. I didn't know anything. I never went to college. I don't have any business sense. I'll never make it. You'll be poor without me. Thank God you have me kiss my feet because if it wasn't for me, you'd be in the ghetto. And so I had $6,000. I felt like the richest woman on the face of the planet. I couldn't even believe this. He was coming up behind me and there was just a part of me that wanted him to see it because I'm dumb. I don't know.
0: No, it's because your ego wanted significance from this uh, person who's been battering you for years. I I totally get that. I totally get that. So
1: I clicked it off, but I didn't click it off fast enough. And he saw it. He went into a full on rage. Oh, God. Insane rage telling me I was ungrateful, unloyal. How dare I? I'm not paying any bills. How could I have money saved up? See, he didn't know I was doing secret businesses. He thought the little $250 that he was paying me a week, he thought I was skimming some of that somehow. Oh, geez. As, even though that's like impossible and had somehow collected $6,000 or maybe he thought I stole it from him. I don't know. So anyways, he stopped paying me my 250. Jeez. He's like, if, you're, if you have so much money, then you're good. So he didn't pay me for six months. So obviously, eventually, that money I, I had build to I had bills. Right. Yeah, I right. had to pay for my son, my car, whatever, or my gas. So then he starts paying me again, my two fifty, and I—I'm still working my businesses this whole time. Two years in, I collect fifteen thousand dollars. I call my son's father. I'm ready to go. I'm looking at apartments. I call my son's father. I say, "Hey, listen, just so you know, there's going to be a little bit of change. I'm moving addresses. I thought I could trust him. I don't know." Told him this oh, whole thing. He's no. like, "Of course, of course, awesome, good for you. I'm glad that you're getting out. I'm glad you're getting on your feet." Blah blah blah. A week later, he calls me up. He's like, "Hey, I want to take our son on a camping trip." I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so nice of you. Totally cool, no problem." He's still not paying any child support, by the way. That's a whole oh other story. my goodness. Still no child support. My child's 11 years old. And so I'm like, yes, of course, 100%. Takes him on a camping trip. Long story short, never gave him back. Just kidnapped him. Yeah, it's a whole story. But, anyways, had to get a lawyer. Long story short, $18,000 in lawyer fees. Yeah. So now I'm negative money. It was just insane. So at that point, that was a huge turning point for me. I was in the parking lot of my lawyer in my car, I had a 12 piece piece of paper contract that cost me $18,000, you know, the child support paperwork that they give you $18,000. I'm literally freaking out in my car, like just having a total meltdown of like, the universe hates me. God hates me, whatever was going through my head, like, I'm working my ass off. I'm doing all the things I'm being healthy. I'm being the number one mom, I'm
0: trying to do everything right. What? what What do you want from me
1: and what
0: so i have to ask you what did you learn from all this Uh, (laughs) are you must still be working through but you have to deal with forgiveness and yeah. not holding on to these resentments, but yeah. also I will never be a victim again. Yeah. No one's going to take advantage of me. So then you get into your personal power. All right. Yeah. We, ha- we have just um, like a few minutes left to chat here, but I want you to share now with our listeners. So how has all of that adversity, what have you taken from that? And that has helped you to uh, become the successful business person you are today.
1: But first of all, as long as you're alive, everything's going to be okay. That's like the number one thing that oh, I say to myself all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Everything's
1: fine. Everything's going to be okay. All the anxiety and all the frustration and all the nerves. I always call myself with everything's going to be Self-talk.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's and good. And you
1: have to keep going. You can't give up. You can't right. give up on the focus. You can't give up on your dreams. You can't give up on what you know is right. I knew I had to get out of that relationship, so I had to do it again. And I did a year later, I was able to collect more money again, and I was able to walk out with my clothes, my bicycle and my son. And I started all over again and I was super scared and I was super nervous, but I had to persevere. Yes. I had to find resilience. You had to get out. I had to, to find confidence. Yep.
0: Jeez, Wow. And so now your son is 18. You've been yeah. out for what, maybe since he was 12?
1: Five You've been-
0: years. Okay, five years and you're in a new relationship who's yeah. and he's not a psychopath or a narcissist. <laughs> he's
1: a total <laughs> empath. He's just like me. Oh, that's so yeah.
0: awesome. Okay, yeah. that's wonderful. And is he in recovery too? He is, yeah. He's actually the one that
1: introduced me to the rooms. I had no he thought I was involved. Oh yeah. You know, because he's like, what kind of person just stops drinking I- alcohol who has <laughs> like all this crap going on in their lives? So um, Well, you are
0: a survivor. Okay, Sabrina. So like you are not just a a go-getter, but you know, somebody who has been through an incredible amount of adversity, but that first experience of being completely disowned by your parents and your friends and your family and your church and everything that is incredibly difficult. So you become self-resilient but because of this love that you had for your child and somewhere for yourself, because you knew you could do it. And, you, yeah. and then you persevered through all that horrible, shitty stuff that happened in the relationship. You tried a few things to escape and they didn't work. So I'm so glad at least you got introduced to that kind of recovery. Uh, it sounds like you were already well on your way there because there's so much at our fingertips with, with, the, with the Google. Yeah, (laughs) we can find support. We can find little courses that we could take that build our confidence or teach us business skills or, and then there's really a lot of positivity out there too, in certain groups. Of course, we know there's negativity too, but wow, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, tell us what are your next steps and what are you doing now for, to help people?
1: Yeah. So the company that I created is human better 365. It's all based around community. I have a passion for it because I lost my community. So I was Uh, looking around and I was like, I have nobody, I have nobody here supporting me, helping me, like helping me to like, hang on to something or grasp for anything. And I had to go into books and I had to go into podcasts, like your podcast. And I had to like seek out because I didn't have a community around me that I could like plug into.
0: Yeah. Like one on
1: one. Right. So, uh, the communities, it comes from that. And I want to create, uh, you know, a, or I am right now creating a community where we can learn uh, about confidence. We can learn about courage. We can learn about self-esteem, mental, emotional health. We can learn about meditation and all of the things, time management organization, all of the things that are keeping us from our ideal life because we just don't know how to do it because we were never taught.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many people out there that need help because they don't have like a 12 step program or, uh, somebody supporting them. And there's a lot of people. I mean, even I heard, um, well, we know that there's mental health crisis happening all over this country now. And that during the pandemic, it got a lot worse because now people are completely sequestered with these abusers and, you know, people who are all kinds of addictions and inappropriate behaviors and in relationships. And it's just so, so sad. I, I can't even tell you how many times during the pandemic, I, I just counted my blessings and thank God I wasn't out there using because um, it would have been a horrible situation if I was in like what you were in. Right. And so anyways, I, I'm sure your story is incredibly inspiring to so many people. And, um, I'm just delighted to have you on, to share it today, to give so many people who have any kind of situation like that, the hope that they can get out of it.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners and also tell them where they can reach you if they need, if they want to find out more.
1: Yeah. So the website is sabrinavictoria.com. I make it easy. And that has all of the companies that I and, and communities that I've created and all my social media. So sabrinavictoria.com. Victoria.com. And to wrap up, I just want to say thank you for holding the space for having such a wonderful podcast. This is definitely something that's needed. And I appreciate females who are, are going out there and collecting, you know, stories. From from other females or males, I don't quite know if your podcast does both or not. I do both, but awesome, <laughs> awesome. But we need more females like you who are out there and who are um, coming up as leaders in the self development arena because there, in the past, there just hasn't been enough. So I, I totally appreciate
0: agree. I totally yeah. agree. We have so much light to shine, and there's so many people again that are uh, oppressed that need to wake up and see that they have a light to shine too. So let's do all we can to continue to make a big impact. Thank you, Sabrina, so much. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. You can visit us at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com to take the quiz to find out what animal best represents your leadership style until next week, remember, you have so many leadership skills that you learn in recovery. Stop hiding because your contribution matters.